Welcome to our Christmas Eve drama. In the first scene we see a typical family, Grandad reclining on the sofa, two children playing, and Mom getting on with things. Oh. Oh, I'm stuffed. Oh, I shouldn't have had that third helping of pudding. Want a mince pie, Dad? Or some cake? We've got loads too much cake. I don't know what that son of yours was thinking. Uh, so he's my son if he does something stupid, is he? So where is that husband of yours then? I suppose he's out drinking with his mates instead of being here with us. Oh, look, chocolates. Let me have some. Hey, you've just picked out mince pies. Anyway, they're supposed to be granddads. Hey? Oh. Will you two stop it? And is someone going to help me with the washing up, or am I just a skivvy around here like usual? Where's my Nintendo Switch? Mum, have you seen my Switch? Oh, shut up. Hey, you're my present from Aunt Mabel. Get it off. Oh, look at this lousy old hat. Cheap stuff. She no one to the next box. Will you lot stop arguing and come and help me clear up? Go on, you heard your mother. Go and help her clear up in the kitchen. Why should I do it? Why can't he? Because you're a girl and it's a woman's job. Anyway, I've got other stuff to do. Will you lot stop arguing? Oh, gosh. Oh, go on, get out of the way. Well. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to turn the telly on. What for? It's Christmas. You know what'll be on? Snowman or the Great Escape. Well, that's it. I'm not doing anything else until I've had a sit down. You know what, though, Bob? The fishes aren't going to do themselves, are they? Yeah, take it easy, Grandad. You're too drunk to help anyway. Oh, shut up, Owen. Give it a rest. And is that Bethany's switch that your brother's smashing up? What, Mum? Tell him. <sighs> The family scene freezes as a face appears on the screen high above the stage. Just look at these people. How sad, how very sad. Those kids just scrapping all the time. Grandad overeating, drinking and irritable. And poor mum. Stressed, overworked, taken for granted and unappreciated. And dad. They've all missed the point. They've such an imperfect and warped view of Christmas. Overspending, overeating, overindulging. Believe me, I know how important the first Christmas really was. I was there. In fact, let's take a look at that Christmas from the point of view of some others who were there. See what it meant to them. Different things for different people. Hope you find it interesting. A young man in military uniform peers cautiously round the corner. Is it, is it, is it safe? Are they, is there, are they here? I can't, I, can't, I can't see any. You see, I've, I've just deserted and, well, I mean, I suppose they'll say I've gone AWOL, but... Well, I'm a soldier, you see, in, in Herod's army, and there's, there's, 
at first, at first I got it. We, you know, roughing up the king's enemies and and bit of this and that. But but then there's, there's a line, and I just don't understand. I mean, he's a king, and, and they're, they're so small. And then the screaming and and the blood and, and the horror, and I just. Every single baby boy under two, all of them, they're just. I've got to get away. And I've got to get away. I've got, I've got to get away. I've got to get, I've got to get away. I need a plan. If, if I can make it until tonight, then then I could, go, I could go to Caesarea and I could get a ship. I could get, I could get away. <laughs> you haven't seen me, okay? You just, I'm not here. A reading from Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 16. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. A tall man wearing a cloak and a crown strides on. Of course. At the start, my colleagues and I were not absolutely sure what it was about. We had studied the stars for a very long time. Trying to understand how they and the moon and the sun and the planets and the seasons all work together. And during that time, we had seen many, many strange things in the skies. But this, this was different. Quite different. Unique. Not a comet. No, we all agreed it wasn't a comet. It was a bright, shining star that moved through the sky but reappeared the next day, even brighter than before. Eventually, a study of all the ancient scripts and traditional stories pointed to the birth of a king. A king of the Jews in Judea. We decided there and then to go and visit this king and pay homage. So we packed up our camels with provisions, for it was a very, very long way. And also gifts, special gifts. Gifts of wealth. Gifts of worship. Gifts of mystery. And as we travelled, the star seemed to lead the way. And we became more convinced of our purpose.
Eventually, we arrived in Jerusalem, that's the capital of Judea, and inquired at the court of King Herod to see the newborn boy who would be king. But they said no such baby was there. So we told them the story, the story of the star and the guiding, and they got very, very excited. Apparently, they had been waiting for a long time for a Messiah, a saviour king. But, said the advisers, if that was the case, we wouldn't find him in Jerusalem, but in Bethlehem, a few miles away. So off we travelled, and the star sat over the little town. And there we found him. By then we were utterly convinced, but what a poor, ordinary place. So we just had to discard our wisdom, throw away our principles, let go our prejudices, and simply worship him. And then we gave our gifts and left. We were going to go back to Jerusalem to tell Herod of the wonderful story, the wonderful find. But we all had a dream that night and it said, don't go back because Herod had some dreadful, dreadful plan. So we returned home by another route. And here I am. But still rejoicing at the wonders that we discovered and praying that little boy who would be king. Some words from Matthew, chapter 2. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. A man walks on, wearing wellies, jacket and a flat cap. Well, you could knock me down with a feather. What a carry-on! Me and my mates was up on the hills behind Bethlehem, night watching the sheep. And it's pretty chilly work, I can tell you. There's not a lot to do, save for sit around the fire, trying to keep warm, and tell a few stories. So, that's what we was doing. Anyway, we, Daniel was halfway through his usual story about how he bravely rescued a sheep what was stuck halfway up a cliff, when suddenly, <laughs> the sky lights up. Thought it was a meteorite or the end of the world or something. So there I am, my head down in the grass, trying to take cover. And Matt's like, no, look, look up there. There's people up in the sky. Oh, what's he on about? People. You don't get people walking about in the sky, floating on the clouds. Then I thought, they must be angels. What with the wings and all. But I was too scared to speak. Then they said... Don't be scared. We bring you good news. And I came over all calm and peaceful like. They said that a Messiah 
was born in Bethlehem. And we would know it was true because we would find him in a feeding trough. I mean, my mind was blown. Then they suddenly all start singing, thousands of them. Oh, what a sound. I've never heard anything like it in my life. Something about glory to God. And then, no sooner as they started, then they scarpered. Well, the sheep hadn't stampeded, so I knew it must be a miracle. I mean, I believed, always have believed, that the Messiah would come, having been brought up a good Jewish boy. But why tell me and Matt and Dan? I mean, it's marvellous. So that's where we're going now, going to have a butcher's. Dan! 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 Wait for me! From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. The shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. An ordinary teenage girl walks on stage. As long as I can remember, I've been waiting for the Messiah to come for us, for our family, for our tribe, for our whole nation. I always knew he'd come. But let's be honest, it's not like I'm from anywhere special like Jerusalem, is it? I'm just a girl from Nazareth, and, well, nothing good comes from Nazareth, does it? No, it doesn't. Oh. I thought for sure that the angel had come to the wrong house with that announcement, because, and, well, if that's what God wanted, then who was I to tell him that God was wrong? Oh, Joseph, God bless that wonderful, wonderful man. He could have been like everybody else. Oh, he could have had me sent away. He could have had me killed. Yet, he never broke his promise to marry me. So, when he had to go to Bethlehem for the census, it was an honour to ride by his side, even with the bloated cankles, the heartburn and the nine months of pregnancy behind me. In fact, you know all those women who try different things to induce labour, like they all go on a little jog or a long walk, or they eat spicy food? Well, I've come up with the perfect solution. They should really just go on a long, bumpy ride to Bethlehem for about 70 miles, and that will do the trick. Oh, talking of which, I should probably sit down. Oh. When I got there, I knew it was time. So, with every wave of pain that came over me, I actually realised that I had to bring this baby into the world without any family, without the familiarity of home. But when Jesus arrived, I forgot all of that. I just realised that I had to find something warm and cosy to lie him in. I had to make him a bed, but the only thing that was nearby was an animal's trough. So, well, that had to do. 
Joseph said that I should have been sleeping then. But, well, I couldn't really sleep. I just had a baby. So I just started to stare at him. I couldn't do anything else, really. And, well, you see, when you just look at him, I just looked at my son, my saviour and my redeemer, and I just thought, he really will change everything. Because it already changed me. Reading from Luke chapter 1. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. An elderly man wearing Jewish prayer clothes shuffles on. Oi vey! Oh, what a day already! You wouldn't believe what happened to me! Perhaps you would, my dears, if I told you all about it. Listen, I'm an old man, I know, and sometimes I don't get the right end of the stick. What do you expect at my age? But this, I know, was true and so exciting. And exciting's not something I see a lot of these days. You see, it all started many years ago, when I was quite a young man, only about 60. I've always been a faithful and devout Jew, though I say so myself. I was in prayer one day after studying the scriptures about how the Messiah would come and save Israel. And I think I prayed out loud something like, O oh Lord God of Israel, would that I could live to see him myself. And all at once I heard a voice speaking, and somehow I knew it was the voice of the Spirit of God himself. I promise you, you will not die until you have seen the Lord's Messiah. And so I have waited, and waited, until today, when I felt drawn to go to the temple. And there I saw this young couple bringing their baby son to be dedicated to the Lord, as the law requires. And suddenly I knew, I knew this was the one! I took the child in my arms and praised God! Now I can die in peace, I said, for here is the Saviour for all people. I blessed his parents too, though I felt strangely sad for his mother. One day she would know deep, deep sorrow. But as for me, <laughs> What more could I want? I'm the happiest man on earth already! Hallelujah! Oh, ready when you are, Lord? I pray.
from Luke chapter 2. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. The heavenly face appears on the screen again. I hope you all enjoyed that. Grown-ups and children too. But you know, even this is an imperfect view of Christmas. Over the years, people have made a rather sentimental and romantic story out of something that on a human scale wasn't a particularly grand or pleasant event. Though actually, it was earth-changing. A real God with us moment in time. But still, this view is perhaps a bit nearer to the truth and the recognition of the true event. God wants us to take to heart. It's certainly more a healthy view than the family we saw at the beginning. What does God's word say about it? For unto us a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. This is what it's all about. But don't forget to celebrate. Oh, who am I? The name's Gabriel. Let's give a huge applause to all of our actors tonight. And what a fascinating range of characters, those who witnessed that first Christmas when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. I wonder who do you relate to today? I wonder, do you relate to Herod's soldier? Something that he could not possibly live with. Something so terrible and traumatic that he had to turn away. I wonder if there are times in your life where actually something has happened and it's more than you could cope with and you've had to turn away and perhaps lost a bit of direction about what life is all about. Or maybe tonight you relate with the wise men because you know a little bit about the Bible and the story of Jesus. You've read about it, you've heard about it, you've thought about it. And somehow that character resonates with you But just as the wise men found that Jesus was born not really in the way that they were expecting. I wonder, is the whole Christian thing not quite what you're expecting? 
and you're a bit puzzled by it all. Or do you relate tonight to the shepherds? I love the shepherds because God burst through into their lives in such an unexpected way. They were just doing their ordinary job. And something so remarkable happened. I love it when in my day-to-day -day life something unexpected happens. It might be a conversation or a meeting, a surprise encounter with someone or something that happens and you just know that God is there. God is speaking and breaking through in the unexpected. And the shepherds were so excited. Do you relate to the shepherds tonight? Or do you relate to Mary? Mary who had such a hard journey, but gave birth to the Son of God and was so submitting to the purposes of God, just allowed God's will to be done through her. Not really understanding it, but remarkably accepting it. Or do you relate to Simeon? And by the way, lots of people have done a lot of work to prepare for tonight. I was so grateful to Martin for stage managing, piecing it all together, Thank you so much. But I think we should mention Ian, who started his preparation such a long while ago as he grew that beard. So perfect for Simeon. But do you relate to Simeon? Because Simeon somehow in his heart just knew that it was true. God had spoken to him. And he was just waiting to meet Jesus. And although it all happened in such an unexpected way, Simeon knew that it was true. I wonder whether there's something in your heart tonight that is saying, yes, I know it's true. I don't fully understand it all, but something is saying to me, this is true. This is true. That rather than the razzmatazz, of an argumentative, competitive, squabbling Christmas party. This is actually the true story. And something in your heart is saying, yes, this is true. All these characters came at the story of the birth of Jesus from different circumstances, different situations, different understanding, different perspective, but they all knew that that moment in history was absolutely remarkable and very special and pivotal to the whole of history and the whole of life. They knew that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God and the Savior of the world who brought light into the darkness, who was God's gift to all mankind. All the characters in the Christmas story knew that the coming of Jesus was special.